Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Last week was the first part of a discussion with my friend Joy Weir Miller. If you didn't hear it, you may want to listen to that first one and then come back. It's called From Surviving to Thriving, and it has a lot of encouragement. Both of these weeks are from an interview back in 2017 from an online event, but what Joy shared is so good, I felt like it needed to get back out there. This week in the interview, we'll talk more about how to lean into the pain and why that's important. I asked Joy about her experience of feeling God's presence when Christopher died and talk about the parents who don't have that happen. We also discussed the tormenting fear of parents who think their child might not be in heaven. And this interview closes with Joy praying over all of us. And then she shares a wonderful poem from her book, There's a Party in the Pit and You're Invited, that you will want to hear. As you can tell, we cover a lot. So let's go ahead and play the rest of the interview. Joy, before I ask you the next question I have specifically for you, I want to just back up just a little bit on something that you said, and that is when you were talking about leaning into the pain, and I, I guess I want to, some people, parents might be thinking, I am so confused, I have no clue what you mean or how to do that, and so when you say that, what I think about that you mean by that is if I'm having a moment where I'm feeling overwhelmed, lean into that feeling overwhelmed, let yourself cry, let yourself sob, let yourself scream or beat on a pillow if you need to. That's kind of what you're talking about when you say that's that's needed. We have to do that to get through to this place of from surviving to thriving. And I just want to make sure that parents know what you mean by that. Is, is that what you meant? Absolutely. Um, a lot of times when you feel uh, the urge to cry, you try to get busy and do something else. Or if someone's saying something, then you try to ignore it and you know get to a different conversation. Go ahead, talk about your child, mention their name, go ahead and cry. You know, go ahead and do those things that instead of running away from them, that's what I mean, Laura. You're gonna lean into it. You're gonna do it anyway. Well, and exactly. Yeah, I when you talk about it. You, someone says something and you feel the tears coming and so you walk away or try to change the conversation, it's like, guess what? We might as well get used to it. Quit trying to make other people comfortable with your pain. <laughs> it's so, you, it's, it takes up so much energy to do that. And yeah, it may cause people to walk away from us, but you need to heal. We need to heal. We need to get to that place of thriving. And so it's almost like get used to it. There are going to be times where I'm going to be standing around and all of a sudden I'm going to be crying in the middle of a grocery store, in the middle of wherever. I have no explanation for anybody. I know why I'm crying. Maybe I don't know why I'm crying. But, you know, it's like, yeah, lean into that. Don't be afraid of those times because, you know, from I'm only five years into this, but from everybody I've talked to, I just got done talking to. Lynn Breeden, you know, she's 30 years into this. And, you know, that's what she says. I mean, there are times you're still just very weepy, even for days. And so we might as well just get used to it and lean into it and just let it happen. So God, tears are a gift from God, right? I mean, they wash our soul. 
Absolutely. And I think during those times, I am an, a journal advocate. I write. And so keep something with you. You know, when, when those times are happening and what you feel, journal it, write it down. You know, God's speaking and, you know, how are you feeling? Write that down. One, because it allows you to get it out and have it. Number two is at some point in time, it may be something that you could share with someone else because what, what we grow through and what we are going through and what we grow through as we share with others, that again is part of that healing process. When you find someone else who you can pray for or encourage them or just listen to, just be quiet with them. That They know that you've got, walked what you walk through, the same thing. There's, there's, there's a healing process for both, you know, to be there for that person. And then you feel like, wow, okay, everything I've gone through has not been in vain. I can help someone else, you know, and I can remind myself that, you know, my child is very valuable because it's fueling me. This, this, this kid is very instrumental in my life. He or she has changed me forever. Absolutely. And then, like you said, own it, be okay with it. I think that's the thing. Um, for, for me, you don't want other people to feel uncomfortable when you cry or you're having a moment, but you know what? Your true friends and the people who are okay with that will be okay with that. That's important too. And people don't know what to say and they don't know how to respond and to have never walked the way we walked and to say, oh, I know how you feel. Mm, number one, no, no. <laughs> so that. Those are, those are important things. And I had a dear friend who came over. She sat, she, she'd not lost a child. She was actually the one who called me from the Y and said, Christopher had collapsed. She came, she sat, she held my hand. She looked at me and gave me tissues. And she said, Joy, I don't know what to say to you, but I wanted to make sure I'm here. Beautiful. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely mm -hmm. perfect. Yes. Nothing and tell them. I mean, that just be there. That's it. You know, That's I it. have no words. You're right. There are no words. So, yeah, yeah. Now, Joy, you talk about this in the book, and you already mentioned this. When feeling the presence of God, when you had that news, when, when death was right there at your doorstep, literally, and you felt the peace and presence of God, and, and I was the same way. I, we were in the car when I got the news. We were on the way up to her in the hospital and got the news that her heart had stopped and they were trying to get it going. So instead of visiting her, I ended up there for her body. And on the way up, I, I had that peace. It kind of surprised me. It, it was kind of like, am I just shocked? Am I, you know, because it, it, because it is so unnatural. But there are so many parents that didn't have that. You know, you talked about if I wouldn't have had that, I would have just gone crazy in the moment. And there are a lot of parents, that's their story. You know, they fell to their knees screaming, crying, that kind of a thing. So how do you explain why some parents feel God's presence in that moment or maybe even hear him speak words of comfort to their hearts and others don't? And how do they... How do they get past that? Because this can like be a stumbling block to them in a way, kind of that jealousy. How come you got to and I didn't kind of a thing? And I don't know if there is an answer to that, Laura, um, because again, leaning into that pain, there's so many different things. We're all different people, just different personalities, ways that we've been um, grown up, you know, and things that we are aware of, maybe things that we're not aware of. There's just so much that goes into that. 
I think the one word I heard you say is compare and we can't compare. So when we have, well, I didn't get to, or I, you know, you're compa don't compare. Um, I think my daughter had said something about comparison is um, like a thief. It will rob you of your, of your joy, of your everything. And if we compare, well, I did, you know, any of those things. So don't compare, but just allow God to speak to you in your life, in your situation, because you can't. There, there are times, you know, people will say, oh, praise God, someone lived, you know, hallelujah. Okay, well, then there was somebody else praying, and they didn't. So what's up with that? Did I not pray hard enough? Did I not do something right? You know, did I? No, stop comparing that. You know, because that is, it's not going to do, it's not going to answer anything. It's going to make frustrate things more. But again, I think that where I had to come to the point of all those questions, 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 was God, you are sovereign. And I have to trust you. And I bring all of those concerns, all of those questions all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the whys to your feet. And I have to trust you. And it's like almost just like opening your hand and letting, letting those questions and those comparisons go. That's, you know, exactly. That's, you know, that whole let it go <laughs> thing. But it, it really is. We have to get to a point where we choose. You keep talking about choices where we choose to let it go. Because I've said for years, even before Becca died, that to me, and it's a strange choice of words when I think of what we're talking about right now, but comparison kills. It just does. And so to compare the circumstances, why you had peace and I didn't, to compare why you got to say goodbye to your child and I didn't, to compare to why, yeah, your child was spared and mine wasn't, or to compare uh, the regrets, you know, fine, you got, to, you got to say I love you was the last thing you said to your child. My last thing I said was don't ever come back again, and they didn't. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. those kinds of things will just drive us crazy. And right. so we have to get to the point where we just let them go it is what it is it was what it was and for our from our child's viewpoint you know if the last thing we said was something horrible or we didn't get to you know our child is in a place right now where it's like that means nothing to them it, it, you know it's we're still letting it burden and weigh us down right so and yeah one thing to the parents too who are like well i don't know for sure about my child you know that if they're in heaven or not the one thing I know is that since God is sovereign, we don't know what the conversation was or the plea or the cry or the thought or the heartbeat of our child right before. So all I could say is I want to encourage those parents who are like, ah, oh, they don't know. Keep hoping and trusting that they're going to see their child again. I mean, that's the opposite will just not be good to, to try to think that way. But again, I just think that's where we need to be able to think and trust God that you don't know, you know, you just exactly. don't Exactly. Fear brings torment. Mm -hmm. And that's a fear that can torment us. I'm so glad you said that because I, I tell parents the same thing. We don't know. We don't have all the information. Mm -hmm. and, and for all we know, our child could have received the Lord into their heart 
weeks, days, even years earlier, and they just didn't want to tell us. Right. Maybe they didn't have the words to, you know, the Christianese for it that we wanted to hear or whatever. And like you said, it could have been in that last heartbeat that they just cried out Jesus. And, and he said, you're with me, just like he did the thief on the cross. So yeah, please, to any parents who are being tormented by that fear, just receive the peace of God right now that you don't have all the information. And God loves your child more than you do. And you can guarantee that he, right to the last second of that heartbeat, he gave your child an opportunity. So yeah, so just be at peace with that. Thanks, Joy. That's really important. So one of the things that I love about your book is you did scripture. You Your book ended with 31, you call it daily confessions with scripture, because scripture was such a huge piece of that process of coming out of that darkness. And I'm just going to guess that a lot of these scriptures that you put in the book in this section are scriptures that specifically gave you peace and brought you a measure of freedom from that deep pain and grief. Yes? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. That's okay. the, the thing with, um, you know, everything that I put in the book, it just is really a testimony of what God brought us through. So if he can do this for me, for you, help us walk through this, then he can certainly turn around and help another parent, another um, parent who's walking through this and that they know that they're not forgotten, you know, and that God is with you. And I think that sometimes it feels lonely, but again, learning to live in the light when it's still so dark. And that's definitely a message from the Lord. Yeah, definitely. I want to give you a chance to tell people about your ministry, your organization, what you're doing, the whole helping hands. And, you know, so share with people what God has birthed through, through death. I tell you, and I was doing um, a ministry, I Joy Inspirations, just inspiring, you know, people and women mainly, really. And uh, then everything was happening with Christopher and I seemed like I was always trying to give out and I couldn't be someone for everyone. I couldn't do it all. And so he says, well, you know, a lot of ministries, you know, like Laura's ministry, others who can uh, help and counsel and do different things. So why not have helping hurting hearts heal.com and it be a resource location, almost like an Angie's list for the heart, but it's a place where you can go if you're needing. Um, I don't know where to turn. You know, we didn't quite know what to do when you had a lo the loss of a child or someone to talk to. So helpinghurtingheartsheal.com <laughs> will allow you to have a resource center. So um, places that will help books, resources, conferences, um, be able to go and find help. So that's how that began. So I've now been networking and adding ministries and books and conferences and things that are on this site so that people have a place to feel safe and know that they can be helped. And all those ministries that are on there are vetted. We either know them personally or they're real deal people and ministries that will help. So that was what started with, with that. And um, one of those, well, I guess two, Parents on Call falls under that. Parents um, who have lost a child is first response team of parents who have lost a child. Just another place that people, parents can go and find help, resources, and it kind of even points them back to the Helping Hurting Hearts Heal. And then also something wonderful is retreats on the go. We're finding that maybe parents can't go. It's almost like how you're doing the summit. If you can't get out and go, 
someplace, then we're, we've been creating retreats at people's homes and they've been inviting their friends over and we've been having retreats right there at home. And uh, again, it's all about helping hurting hearts to heal. That is precious. I love that. So as we end here, there are two things I want to ask you to do. In your book, you get to a point, you talk about surrender, how important it is to get to a point where we surrender. And in the book, you even say, we're going to stop right now. And I don't want you to go any further until you settle this issue. And so I think we need to give people a chance also to settle the issue. And it's almost like ready or not, just be ready. You know, even if you don't feel like it, it's not based on our feelings. Surrender isn't based on our feelings. Surrender is based on it's the right thing to do and it's going to bring our healing. It's going to help us live in the light and the in the darkness until we're fully back in the light. And and it's because of who God is. And and you know, I talk about God isn't just my crutch he's my wheelchair and uh, I just I could not get through this life without him carrying me so I want you to pray a prayer over all of us that people can agree within their hearts to surrender the grief and surrender the death of their child to the Lord and then I would like you, you do a lot of like writing poems and lyrics and things like that. And so I've asked you also to read what you wrote as a poem in the preface of your book. So if you would do those two things, please. Well, Father, we do. We thank you for those who are hearing us right now. And Lord, we know that you are wooing these parents, wooing us to yourself. Father, help us to choose to choose you over pain and over grief to allow ourselves to even die to self so that, Father, you would live in us spiritually, physically, and just mentally in us. Help us to right now to choose to live for you and to allow what we've experienced, Lord God, to, yes, change our hearts, but that we allow you to change us in the midst of that. And we surrender we surrender it all to you, Father. Thank you that we had the opportunity that you gave us those children to be stewards over and that we surrender that back to you and knowing that you are sovereign and you are in complete control. So Father, thank you for the hearts that are listening, that you are taking care of them and just gently helping us walk out this journey. We thank you, Father, for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, here's a poem that God gave me, and it's about there's a party in the pit. There's a party in the pit. You're invited to come along. Experience mayhem and confusion. You can sing sad, depressing songs. The songs of grief, despair, and hopelessness, of strife and pain and fear. Sleepless nights and restless days filled with memories and many tears. But wait, the party has begun in the midst of how I feel. It's not based upon emotions, but a God that's mighty real. Real through all the tribulation, the doubt, the fear, and unbelief. The God who lifts your head when you are wrecked with so much grief. A party in the pit when you are feeling very sad. A party in the pit when your dreams are all but gone. A party in the pit 
when life has treated you so wrong? Yes. A party in the pit, not based on circumstance, but a God who gives you a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chance. A party in the pit, not based upon who you are, not the clothes you wear or your fancy car, but because of whose you are. Yes, a party in the pit. You hear music in the air? The word of God giving life and so much of his love to share. Yes, a party in the pit and being strengthened by the load, gaining character, faith, and fortitude in each bump along the road. Yes, to party in the pit. Difficult, you say? That's right, but not impossible. God will direct and show you the way. It was the pit and tough times bringing me to my knees, trusting God, standing in faith when there was nothing I could see. A party in the pit, like Paul learned to rejoice, accepting the same invitation, and that will be my choice. So I want you to please RSVP to the party in the pit. Oh, I love it. I just want to applaud. <laughs> that was, that's definitely written by God through you. Absolutely. Um, that's just, that's just beautiful. So thank you, Joy. I think you can tell why I like to hang out with Joy. She has so many rich things to share from her 16-year journey, and she's such an encourager. Speaking of hanging out with Joy, you can spend a day with both of us coming up in July. She is hosting, I believe it's the third annual Hope for the Heart Day conference, and Dave and I will be there to speak for one of the sessions. It's Saturday, July 17th in Urbana, Ohio. More information will be coming in my Weekly Word of Hope emails as the details are confirmed. If you don't get the weekly word of hope that I send out each week that has a word of encouragement, and then I always put in one thing like an event, information about the event that Joy is hosting. Uh, it might be about a GPS hope retreat or maybe where we are in the hope mobile in case you're close by so we can get together for coffee. But if you would like to get this weekly word of hope, just go to gpshope.org hope. All we need is your name and your email address. We don't give that out. We don't spam you. And you can unsubscribe at any time you no longer want to receive them. All right, let's go ahead and get to our birthday segment for this week. Aiden Brazo was born on May 13th and is forever 18. Colby Brown was born on May 17th and is forever 19. Christopher Rubin was born on May 19th and is forever 16. Ryan Drew was born on May 19th and is forever 31. Isaiah Santal was born on May 22nd and is forever 16. Kyle Terry was born on May 24th and is forever 28. We celebrate the day that these children came into the world. That's still such an important day for all of us, isn't it, when our children were born? If you would like to have your child's birthday announced on this podcast, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form. 
and submit it, and we will add your son or daughter to our podcast to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. I hope you check out Joy's book, There's a Party in the Pit and You're Invited, where Joy shares her story of losing her 13-year-old son, Christopher, and how God continues to help her and her family on this journey. Remember, it also has the 30 Days of Daily Confessions or Inspirational Thoughts at the End with scriptures. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, along with how to connect with Joy and her various ministries. I know Joy would agree with me when I say to hold on, pain eases, there is hope.